Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. On this Friday, June the 4th, we have made it to Friday, uh, wherever you are, uh, however you are, uh, however this encounters you. May God's goodness and love and embrace be present in your life today. Um, if you are new to the podcast and you are, are exploring this, uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Joe Zank. I am a lay Catholic minister within the Diocese of Green Bay, within the Catholic Church of the Diocese of Green Bay. My specific role is I am what's called a pastoral leader. Uh, of three rural Catholic parishes who do not have a, uh, a priest in-house. So we invite priests to come in for the sacraments on the weekends and uh, on the funerals. But otherwise, I get to spiritually, pastorally, and administratively lead these three rural parishes, and it's an honor to do so. So every day, Monday through Friday, I read the gospel of the day. I share a few thoughts on that gospel. Usually it's the gospel, not always. And, uh, and any other thing, if we have like a, uh, a feast day, like we did yesterday with Charles Luanga and companions. So if you know anyone who you think would like this podcast, please feel free to pass it on. I, I particularly did it during the pandemic as it started as a way to reach out and minister to these three parishes. But anybody who would uh, like to be connected to the gospel is welcome, welcome to listen and if you uh, have a moment and have not reviewed the podcast, I invite you to do so. Uh, the only reason I say that is not for me, but uh, the more that is reviewed and reviewed well, it's how other people, when they do searches for Catholic podcasts, are able to find it. So with all that as an introduction, let's read the gospel. So that long introduction gives us room for a very short gospel today. We will pick up immediately... Uh, on uh, what we've been reading, Mark chapter 12. So again, three days in a row, he's had confrontations. He alludes to a confrontation here, but not a direct one in our gospel. So Mark chapter 12, verses 35 to 37. Let's break open this brief gospel today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was teaching in the temple area, he said, how do the scribes claim that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I place your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? The great crowd heard this with delight. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in our gospels a lot, quite, quite often actually, uh, Jesus, particularly in, in Mark's and Matthew's gospel, I think even more, uh, Jesus points to the Hebrew scriptures and, and he talks about and, and points how his role, his uh, ministry is a fulfillment of what was pointed to within the canon of Hebrew scriptures. And often David's name comes up. Let's talk a little bit about who David was today. Can we do that? Many of you may know all this already, but let's just bring it out. So the first time we hear about David is um, 
when he is going to visit his brothers on the battlefield when they are facing off against the Philistines, the Philistines, we'll call them the Philistines. And um, so David had a number of brothers, and uh, we remember that story, right, because he was the uh, shepherd, and, and uh, when the prophet came uh, to, to anoint one of the sons of David, it wasn't any of the six first sons that, that uh, was thought to be one of them would be uh, the, the, the leader of, the, uh, of Israel, but it was the young shepherd boy, David. So um, we see David come, and he's bringing food to his brothers who are in this battle. Now the, the sides had already kind of cordoned off. And, uh, and then while he's there giving food to his brothers, uh, this monster of a man from the Philistine side named Goliath, of course, comes out and challenges uh, by mocking the, uh, the Israelites, the Hebrew people. And nobody steps forward from the Hebrew side from the Israelites to defend their God, to defend their people, to defend their dignity. And David is taken aback by this. And he, he goes to King Saul and, and asks him what's going on. And King Saul invites David to be the person to do it. And he gives him, meaning King Saul, gives David his armor. And, uh, and David tries on his armor but it doesn't fit. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And so what he does is he takes the armor and, and throws it to the side and says, my armor is going to be God, uh, the God of, of Israel. And he walks out there, simply a young shepherd boy, right, against this monster of a man. And he uh, bends down and picks up five smooth stones because being a shepherd he knows how to get rid of any wolves or any other predators uh, that would come and prey on his sheep. And he did that with a slingshot. And clearly he was pretty good. And so uh, the Philistines, led by Goliath, mock the Israelites and mock particularly David. You know that you're sending out this stick of a man, and not even a man, a boy, to fight him. And, uh, and in his overconfidence, of course, Goliath is overcome by David. Uh, who gives him a shot right between the eyes with one of these uh, smooth stones, and Goliath is felled, and David uh, cuts off the head of Goliath and becomes a hero to the people. That's the beginning of this, of this story. So he has been anointed now to be the next ruler of Israel. Saul is the first king, by the way, of Israel. Until this time, they have had nothing but what's called judges, uh, Samson, Deborah, Gideon, some of these people uh, that we may know their names. They were judges. They ruled the people but were not king because God was king. But they kept on asking the prophets uh, for, you know, these early prophets, for kings. And finally God relents. And so Saul is the first king. So when David is anointed to be the next king at a young age, he does not say, Saul, sorry, you got to step aside. It's me now. He honors Saul and, and honors his kingship until it is time for David to step into that. Um, he does things like dancing before the, uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant, when the Ark of the Covenant is brought uh, to its uh, place of rest. And, uh, and I want to say that's at Bethesda, but don't, but don't uh, quote me on that. But he dances with all his might in front of it as a way of honoring God 
uh, and and honoring the presence of, of God in the in the Ten Commandments. That was the Ark of the Covenant that was carried around in the Ten Commandments. And um, eventually Saul knows that David is the one that uh, was um, anointed to be the next king. And the people are praising David. They're praising Saul too. So using uh, phrases like, uh, in these battles, like the one uh, against the Philistines, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. Now they're, of course, both exaggerating. Uh, All of that is an exaggeration. But they're saying, Saul did a good job, but David did an incredible job, and Saul becomes jealous. And so he starts not only pushing David away, but actively seeking him out to kill him because he knows that David is next in line for his throne, and jealousy takes hold of Saul. And there's a number of encounters between Saul. David will not lift up his hand against Saul. He will not lift up his hand, he says, against the anointed of God. And even one time, he is, he, God gives Saul into his power. David is behind him in a cave. Saul doesn't know it. David could easily have killed him and, and assumed the mantle, but he wouldn't do it. And he even took a part of his, his mantle, his robe, to show it to him at a later date that said, listen, God delivered me to you, or you to me, and, and I did not touch you. So please know, we're, we're, I, I don't wish you any ill will. And Saul believes it for a moment, but then forgets again and falls into his, uh, into his jealousy and, and rage. And ultimately, it leads to his demise. Um, and, uh, and Saul is eventually killed, and David assumes that throne. Um, and, uh, and David becomes this incredible king, but not without his faults, right? We know the story of David and Bathsheba. Uh, so David is married, and... Um, but he sees uh, this person. Well, was he married? I don't believe he was. I'm going to take that back. But David sees this beautiful woman, Bathsheba, bathing uh, on a rooftop. Uh, and, um, and he instructs his guard to bring her over to him. And she is married. Bathsheba is married to Uriah, who is a, uh, a, a soldier uh, in David's army. And, um, and Bathsheba and David make love, and the son of their love is Solomon eventually. But before uh, she shows her pregnancy, before she, he even, um, uh, Uriah is, is not aware of the, of the affair, the next time Uriah comes back, uh, David tries to entice him to make love to Bathsheba so the child can be thought to be his, but he wouldn't do it because he's, he's uh, still at battle and he doesn't want to, to lose his edge. And so David instructs those who are, are um, fighting with Uriah when the fighting is the hardest to retreat and let Uriah stand out there by himself and thus be killed. And that happens. And, uh, and so therefore, Bathsheba is, uh, he marries Bathsheba. Um, but the prophet Nathan, I believe, uh, comes and confronts David in this murder and in this adultery. And David, to his great credit, accepts it. He doesn't deny it. He doesn't uh, rationalize it. He accepts it, and he sits down in mourning uh, in sackcloth and ashes. And, um, and uh, David and Bathsheba have a number of other children. Um, and David becomes the 
military leader, the king leader par excellence in the history of Israel. And their empire is at its strongest and at its zenith under the kingship of David. When Solomon takes over upon David's death, uh, it, will, it will lessen. Uh, and then after Solomon dies, it, it divides. And those are, that's a different story for a different day. Why do I tell this whole thing? One, it's important to know this because David, the um, preeminent uh, prophet and person in the eyes of the, the Israelite community of the Hebrew people of the Hebrew canon is Moses. Moses is number one, but second only to Moses is David in the, in the uh, uh, annals uh, of the Hebrew scriptures. And David was not only a religious figure honoring God, such as when he danced before the ark and, and trusting God out of, even on the battlefield. He was a military ruler. And they, they were, um, I don't want to say intoxicated, but they really admired that about him. And it was easy for those two aspects, his military leadership and his religious leadership to get intertwined. And David was promised to be the, uh, the, the, it was through David's lineage. He would be the, the patriarch, as it were. And it would be through David's lineage that the Messiah would come. That's why the, Jesus is often called the son of David, because directly you could tie the lineage to this king. And so the, the Hebrew people of Jesus' day thought the Messiah would not only be a spiritual figure, but a military figure. It's why the disciples believed he would kick the Romans out. It was why the, the people believed that they, he would be the king of Israel and, and would get it back to its zenith, that place of power under which it was with David, because it was tied so, so much to that military, that empire idea. It's why it was easy to fall into that for them. But here's Finally, let's get back to the gospel. Here's what Jesus is, is saying. Because uh, again, the scribes must have either thrown this idea toward him or, or were just preaching about it. He says, how do the scribes claim that Christ is the son of David? Meaning in that lineage of David. David himself, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is one of his, in one of the Psalms, in Psalm 110. So Jesus is going to quote a Psalm here. The Lord, meaning God, meaning the Messiah. The Lord said to my Lord, meaning said to himself, said to David. So the Lord, the Messiah, said to me, David, sit at my right hand until I place your enemies under your feet. And Jesus says, David calls him Lord, meaning he's calling his lineage Lord. So how is he his son? You and I don't use that term Lord except under the idea of God. But at the time, it was anyone who was master, who was king, would be called Lord. And so what he's saying is, David himself is calling his lineage, this person who will eventually come Lord, capital L. So what he's doing, what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, not only will the son be greater than the father, but that son will be in a different essence than the father. It won't just be, even if it is at all, an empire focus, a military focus. It will be a faithful, spiritual, religious focus. And, and what he's saying, he's introducing to the people 
that the Messiah is more than an earthly king. The Messiah is a heavenly king and that this, this Messiah is indeed the son of God. Otherwise, why would he capitalize that L, Lord? And so this is an... an, an it, it, while there were strains within Judaism who understood this at the time, it wasn't the common thought. And so he's saying we need to rethink how we approach this. That's a whole lot of thought just for a little piece in the gospel, but I guess I'd invite this. Are there ways that we think we know? We think we understand how this is going to go, uh, you know, when Jesus is coming back or, or what that's going to look like or, or, or I know who God is and I've got God in this box here and I don't let God be God who is always bigger. Are there ways that we can open ourselves that say, hey, Lord, you be who you need to be today. Not who I think you are, not in the small box I've placed you, not in the box we as church, we as a culture, we as a world, whatever that is, we have placed you. Lord, you be who you need to be and open my eyes, open my spirit, open my being that I may see it and say yes to it when it comes. David was able to do that. The people of God listening to Jesus were able to do that. May we be able to do that ourselves as well. Let's pray. And so, my friends, let's, uh, on this Friday, again, whatever's going on within your heart, within your mind, within your spirit, let's just trust our God is that good. He knows it. Let's bring it to him and trust he knows exactly what to do with it. Okay? So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth glorious mystery, Mary is crowned queen of heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. And let's ask this man after God's own heart, which was a title that uh, was given and used for David. Let's ask this man, uh, King David, pray for us. My friends, have the best weekend. Uh, God's blessings. Thanks for breaking open God's word with me again today. And, uh, and, and be well, be embraced by God, and let's uh, continue breaking open God's word again on Monday. God's peace to you.